here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. And then two weeks after that, we got Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that, we got Starcade. And then two weeks after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Jeff Hawkins. I'm Dana Brooke. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Destination America's canceled TNA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode 97 or 98. It's one of the two. I haven't checked yet. Rob McCarron here. Jeff Hawkins along with us. Jeff, how are you today? I think it's 97. I'm pretty sure it's 97 too. Mm-hmm. Stop counting. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop counting at number 100, right? Well, that's when we start naming them like shake them ropes aggression. Yeah. <laughs> shake them we're ropes gonna, fully loaded. I'm excited yeah, we're for gonna, that We're going to do the opposite of the UFC. Once we get to 100, we're going to start naming our shows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm going to stop counting. I think after, after a hundred, cause it makes little sense really. I mean, math, yeah. math is hard. Math is so hard, and it's a whole extra digit I have to remember, and I can barely remember the two already, so it's just not going to happen. Uh, we have a lot to discuss today. Yes. And I'm going in only half prepared on all of it. Excellent. I'll be a quarter of the other half. <laughs> okay. You are going to be filling in a few holes here as far as uh, information gaps that there may be. Um, we have injuries to talk about from raw. Okay. Of which there are a few. We have, remember how we kept talking about how crazy July 24th was going to be that Friday. Yes. It got crazier and we'll discuss why on this show, maybe for a little bit. We're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to talk about match number 69 of our top 100 WWE network match countdown which was the ultimate dragon versus <laughs> Rey Mysterio Jr. for the J crown from World War Three. So, you know, already great. Yep. What else we got to talk about? There's tons of stuff, but let's talk about July 24th. We kept going for weeks and weeks and weeks. We gas bagged about how busy that day was going to be, how there's Ring of Honor, PWG, TNA is keeping TV, two G1 mm-hmm. events surrounding that day. Global Force Wrestling, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I probably missed something, too. NXT debuted in Miami, of all places. A whole bunch was going on. Well, at 1 a.m. that morning, news broke. That made everything else almost forgettable. And that was the fact that Hulk Hogan, an audio recording that people had known about since 2012, was released. And every day after... Radar Online has been releasing more stuff about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan came out with this racial tirade from his sex tape. The dreams of the 80s are over, Jeff. What were your initial thoughts when you heard this news? <laughs> if any. My... You don't have to give thoughts on what was said or what the importance of. I, I want your initial reaction. Oh, like, it's... oh, I heard this news. How were you feeling at the moment? Well, it, it goes into my thoughts on this whole rigmarole about the sex tape uh which is that <clears throat> part of me my cynicism is so deeply embedded about hogan that he so much wants money that this these conversations were semi worked to say controversial things to get interest for the sex tape and the reason that the they never came out was because of the lawsuit. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I'm sad that, you know, that the man's legacy is dead. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, that part's tragic, but I don't like Hogan. So it's kind of a mixed thing for me. Uh, overall, my first thought was this man has the worst bedroom demeanor of any man I've ever heard. If you are a, in a bedroom with a hot woman and you're talking about racial tirades 
and your daughter and how shellfish makes you gassy. Your priorities are screwed up to begin with. The well, time to the time to come out with an apology was not at the time you were caught. The time to to start the damage control was before it was ever revealed. Should have put yourself in counseling. You should have done all these PR things. His his apology was such a non apology. Oh, I'm such a better person. I'm gonna learn from this and grow. Uh, you know, it, it's all those PR cliches that we hear every time someone gets caught saying something stupid. And, and then and then the, the one that got me was, was what he's doing on Twitter, which is retweeting people who are supporting him. And, 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 the, and the one was, uh, God forgave me, so should you. As if it's our fault that people are angry at him. The, the nerve of that. I mean, look, I'm semi-religious anyways. It doesn't work like that. Hogan, <laughs> religion doesn't work like that necessarily. The, the thing to do, kids, if, if you ever become some level of famous and, 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 and something like this happens to you, admit it and go away for a while. That's what he should do. Yeah. I did this. I'm sorry. Leave it at I'm sorry. Not, oh, I, you know, I've not all the excuses, not all the, well, you know, I've worked real hard to better myself ever since the incident. And then it, no, just say, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. I need to go away and reevaluate some things and hopefully I'll come back later. If you all will see it in your heart to forgive me. Boom. There's your statement. Yeah. Late, uh, late Thursday night, technically Friday morning in the, uh, in the East coast of the United States, the news was starting to come out that WWE was erasing Hogan from the website. So that's how all this kind of started as far as the, the media storm around Hulk Hogan. And, you know, there was a, there was a message board post and I tweeted it out that, you know, uh, someone out there said that it will be because he's being whitewashed from the website right now, because in a day or two, it's going to break that the National Enquirer will release audio tapes of him, uh, you know, having these conversations with Heather Clem, part of the sex tape. Um, and it turned out to be accurate. I mean, that's what happened on Friday after all this stuff that, you know, Hulk Hogan was whitewashed because WWE wanted to take preemptive efforts to make sure that he wasn't on the website when all this broke. They let go of uh, Hulk Hogan. He's off tough enough. He's not going to be on TV maybe ever again, at least not for a while. You know, um, whitewash is such an unfortunate term in this case. It may be. <laughs> I uh, I don't think that way, Jeff, so I it didn't got, even realize. It, it got worse today. Did you hear what happened today? He, yep, today coming out with, well, I think National Enquirer has released three different things, you know, Friday, Monday, and now Tuesday, and today was the gay bashing one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they just keep releasing tidbits of uh, this tape and then different transcripts, all stuff that's supposed to be sealed still by the courts. But National right. Enquirer is getting around this by having multiple sources. David Bixenspan, who's been on this, basically uh, believes that it, all the different sources are the people that Hogan shopped the sex tape to. Because, of course, they know what was on it because he shopped it to them. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think he did. I mean, I, that's me. That's my personal thing is that they he he's. Or he at least knows right. who shopped it. But, of course, you can't have that because the lawsuit's going on and he compelled a privacy waiver in there. So he thought this was never going to come out anyways because he was, it hoping. was sealed. He was hopeful yeah. that it would just never come out. And, of course, you know, when things like this happen and you're a famous person, most likely and, it's going to come out. And, okay, fine. His, his life was in shambles at the time. He didn't have the WWE Legends contract or anything to that effect at the time. So he needed the money. And, you know, I just... It, come out and come out before you gotta get ahead of these things well right if, now i if mean you do, he can't you come do out he, he can't come out and admit it now now it, no, the damage now is done he's got to go away no now it's too late no the time to come out with this was oh there's something that was stolen that that i said some terrible things on he should have told the wwe this to give them a heads up that this may come out he should have hired a pr firm to to say hey this has happened i need to get to earn some goodwill before all this stuff comes out, because it's always going to come out. It's always going to come out. You're never going to be able to hide it, all these types of skeletons forever. And this just reiterates the fact that, I mean, once people hear it or see it, that's when it's real. I mean, Hulk Hogan makes these tapes. If you would have just said, because all these rumors have been out there since 2012, and the tape's right. even older than that. 
know, people had heard, you know, Hulk Hogan went on a racial diatribe and, you know, said this and that all the way since 2012, but nothing came of it because you couldn't hear it. You couldn't see it. I mean, you could come out today and Ric Flair could probably admit that he said the same exact thing, but no one would, you know, be removing Ric Flair from the website because while he comes out and says it, you can say, oh, Ric Flair said the same stuff. You didn't see it. You didn't hear it. You didn't read it. You know, it, it's not real to you. Yeah, the, the the personal connection makes it much more worse. Yeah, the, the fact that it actually happened and you can now have video proof that it happened makes it pretty bad. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, You know, I, I think we'll see him on TV again at some point soon. Like, it's not like he killed anybody. It's not like he directly injured somebody. I and mean, he said some horrible things that, you know, put, you know, those words that go out there, you know, hurt a lot of people, you know, whether it's emotionally, whether you figure you're hurt personally because of what he said or just the stigma or the, uh, the, the way people see other people. I mean, it, it kind of hurts. So I don't, I don't know exactly how long I'm, do you think I, we'll ever see Hulk Hogan on WWE TV again, at least live in person, not just like historical packages or historic packages. It won't be for a long, long time. And I, you know what? I have doubts because you don't need Hogan. You don't need him anymore. It, it it's, it's a nostalgia pop. It's, you know, he, he's, he's a connection to the past, but you know, yeah, well, what okay, was? well, hold on. Vince doesn't like old people. Number one, we, right. we, we know that he doesn't like old people on TV necessarily. Number two, what's his real value other than he, you know, he wants one last run brother on, in a WrestleMania. Well, what he's been doing is just an ambassador. He's been an ambassador for the company. He'll go to different on sale dates. Like if well, tickets are going dead. on sale, I know he'll go on like Cincinnati. If there's a pay-per-view tickets going on sale, he'll go there the day of. That that's been his value. He's not been important to storylines. He's been an ambassador. And so, if that's his main role, of course that's dead because he can't be a guy you send out to get uh, attention in a positive light anymore because every question anyone ever asks him is going to be about this for the next several years. Yeah. Him not being on television is punishment enough for him yeah. because he is such a fame whore and wants the spotlight so much. That's You don't need to go on the network and and basically remove the name of Hogan as if, as if you're trying to wipe him from history, which could still happen possibly, but I don't think, I don't think that's necessary. I think, trust me, him not being able to work again in a professional wrestling capacity is (laughs) it's 20 years too late, but it's justice enough. Yeah. Uh, we had a big injury last night on WWE raw, Jeff, a big Fox. Alicia Fox is injured. She <laughs> suffered a concussion at the hands of Charlotte. I had, to, I had to a, step on your joke. I'm sorry. Asshole. That's for, that's for the time when you I'm just so predictable, pause. though, is the thing. I'm just so predictable. What if that was the one time where I was truly going to the actual news story? I apologize, you Rob. You would have felt like a dick. <laughs> Alicia Fox, concussion, hands of Charlotte. Yeah. NXT superstar Charlotte in a tag team match with Nikki Bella against Charlotte and Becky. Uh, We also had Sasha Banks going up against Paige in a one-on-one match that got a ton of time at the top of an hour. I mean, Uh, what do you think so far week three of the Divas Revolution? The in-ring stuff, I enjoy. The the scripted stuff is Uh, (laughs) god-awful. So, but I enjoy, I really enjoyed the Sasha-Nikki Bella match last night. I did. And I think keeping... Oh, Paige, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm mixing it up with the tag match. My you, you were hopeful it was Nikki because that would have been uh, a better match because Nikki's better. Well, no, I was thinking Becky Lynch getting the arm. Yeah, on. no, go ahead. But keeping them strong for right now is, is, a, is a smart move. It is such a smart move. I, I think Becky Lynch is losing in the tapings tonight. Don't get me wrong. But right now on Raw, since it's the main show and keeping, you know, you're... you're it like we've we've said for previous weeks, it's a business where you have to condition the audience. So if you continue to condition the audience that Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky matter, and you keep giving them wins for right now, then when they lose, the audience isn't going to just do a 180 and just turn off on them and say, "Well, they're just the developmental ladies; they're not worth it." They're 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 doing the in ring part right. Well, the what's amazing, what's and, amazing and, to me is that the fact that they're giving them long matches, and it seems now three weeks later. They're mentioning the Divas Revolution. They're giving them multiple matches on a show. Like they seem pretty gung ho on giving them long matches, understanding that it will take a while for people to understand what's going on here. Like it's not, you know, they didn't do two weeks of this 
And then all of a sudden we got a three minute match here on Raw. Like at least they're trying for from my perspective, it looks like they might actually continue this, giving them long one on one matches as well as the tag matches to get everyone else involved. But you mentioned Becky Lynch possibly losing on SmackDown. I would see that, too. She's going up against Nikki. Uh, Is Becky Lynch, and this may be a problem you have with having all these women involved and having three on a team, Becky Lynch on a team with Charlotte and Paige screams to me to be the jobber of the team or the one who takes the falls when the team is in action or the one who's not quite up to the level of even a Sasha Banks or a Nikki Bella or Paige or Charlotte. Are are we worried that Becky Lynch is going to be the one who's forgotten in all this? I... When when it first happened, yes, I was concerned. But the past couple of weeks in the matches, it's been Paige who's been taking the brunt of it. That's you know, true. Paige took the fall against Sasha. Yep. Did she not take a fall elsewhere? I can't remember right now offhand, but there's always that chance. And there, you know, it's obvious that you know while they they think enough of her to bring her up right now, that they're still trying to weigh which one's the breakout star, yep. Sasha or Charlotte, Sasha yeah. or Charlotte. And Becky's kind of, and, Sa- and Sasha so far, I mean, she gets the win over page in the long I think match. She's, she's living the one up to it. Yeah. She's, she's the one at the top of the it. hour. She's the one in yeah. the backstage segments doing the talking. Yeah. She, she outshines Naomi in that group. Yep. Definitely. And that you know, she take- got the nice, she got the nice video package. She had a, she, you know, she had, and, and my, my snark was starting to show at first when I was like, okay, so if Sasha and Paige don't click, do we finally say, hey, Paige is the one who's not living up to it right now? But, you know, that was a fine match, I thought. I thought it was great, and it was a strong win for her. I'm glad they got rid of the other members of the teams mm-hmm. to concentrate on the one-on-one match. That was savvy yep. because right now we don't need these distraction schoolboy pin finishes or playing someone else's music to get the finish right now. Right now we need to establish these new characters as legitimate parts of this universe. And you know what? I have very, very few complaints about it. It, Becky, you know, there are worse things than being the, the third wheel in three big divas coming up right now. And she's, you know what? She's still, I mean, if you were to take the three and go, okay, you know, who, who is lacking a little bit right now might be Becky on promos right now. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte's not the best. Yeah. And they don't because they're worried about the accent. Yes. They're they're trying to get her. You can tell in how she would talk on NXT and how she's talking now. She's trying to enunciate more, make it more listenable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's happening. So obviously she's being talked to, but the lines are giving them suck. So it's, it's going to be a, that part's going to be the uphill battle. Yep. It's going to be an uphill battle for him, but I mean, Sasha Banks looks like she's going to break out here and they'll probably have on a four hour SummerSlam because that's the other big news of the weekend is that SummerSlam (laughs) will now be four hours on traditional pay-per-view plus the WWE Network trying to make it a more important show like WrestleMania again. And you could have possibly two women's matches. I don't think we should get, uh, you know, hold our breath for that. We're probably going to get one solid one whether that's a Nikki Bella title match or some other type of multi-woman match or whatever the case may be. Yeah, they're nine gonna ha- woman thing, yeah but they're going to be properly promoted or they're going to be yeah. promoted time-wise quite a bit going into SummerSlam, which is till to WWE a big show. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't think too much of the extra hour other than, well, Undertaker needs 30 for his entrance and then you get 30 for the video packages about New York City. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of filler, kind of like WrestleMania is, but mm-hmm. it, some of that will be added to match time, which makes me happy. I'm fine with that. Coming out of SummerSlam, we still are coming out of Raw for SummerSlam. We still only have the one match officially announced. The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar uh, is scheduled to be at this point the main event whatever they do with the title i would assume at this point undertaker and brock probably will go on last after thinking about it yeah uh, wwe announced their all their ongoings around SummerSlam. of course you have nxt the saturday night before you have a lot of meet and greets and an nxt panel well one of the names announced already for the signing events going around SummerSlam was sting but we still don't know if Sting will actually be on the show. You know, some people say he won't. Some people say he will have yeah, no they're... clue what he's going to be a part of as much as something might make sense. Um, if you had to predict right now, will Sting be on the show? Yes or no? No. Because it, it like I think I, I, because I think, yeah, well, the, the rumor came out today also, but just 
so that he doesn't take the quote unquote legend shine from Undertaker. I think he's going to be left off the show. They're, they they don't yeah. see Sting as they don't see Sting as that big of a deal. So it he's be, not going to be that big of a deal. It could be that. I mean, we don't know why it is. I mean, he'll be on he'll be on the weekend at least. He'll be somewhere in there. Um, but also for the fact that we just had another Raw and now we start getting into crunch time about making matches, and the fact that we only have one heading into August. Uh, does that surprise you at all? We we talked about how there were five Raws in between, so there's plenty of time to set stuff up. And while they've been teasing some different things, we still only have one match announced. Is the one match that's announced, that number, surprising to you? No, because the skeletons of all the other matches are almost in place. Yeah. And because of the one match they announced is the one that they're selling real hard. Yeah. So, no, it's not surprising at all. Yep, the next Raw is August 3rd, at which point we'll have three Raws in between now and uh, SummerSlam. So one thing that was pretty uh, set in stone uh, looks to be Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose going up against Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper Mm -hmm. in a traditional tag team match, most likely. A lot of rumors over the weekend. Adam Rose is doing this weird thing on Twitter where he's tweeting Tata to himself, like goodbye, Uh And he's showing pictures of himself teaming with Dean Ambrose back in FCW. He's showing pictures of him as Leo Kruger all the way. Uh, What is Adam Rose doing? Generating interest. (laughs) He is on the underground level. Uh, Adam Rose is one of these guys. We talked about this when ESPN came out with the piece behind NXT, the NXT 360. And Leo Kruger came off as this super likable guy. Um, I mean, Adam Rose, Leo Kruger, whatever you want to call him. Came off the super likable guy. He's in WWE trying to provide for his son, uh, trying to provide for his family. Super likable. And people were calling for him to do more than the Adam Rose gimmick or to not be a heel and to, you know, do something where the crowd can actually sink their teeth into him. And it looks like just because he's not on TV anymore, at least we're on SmackDowns, uh, that they probably are giving up on the Adam Rose thing. And about in the timeline that, you know, a lot of people thought might happen because there's only so much you can do only so far you can go with Adam Rose. Is it possible they might be changing the, uh, changing the name, maybe changing his presentation. Could he possibly go into the Wyatt family? Uh, are they looking for a more serious Adam Rose, at least as one last shot to see what they can do with him? Uh, Time to do that was after, right after the E60 thing. I think they're going to repackage him i think he may be a member of the wyatt family but you know i mean they do this so you know either it's either they're repackaging him or he's getting ready for his release and he's asked for it that's why he's saying goodbye to all these things that could be too that could be or maybe he's just because, trying to work his own angle because people do this adam rose yeah you know. because the, the sick child thing you know what that takes a lot of time and being on the road you don't want to be that dad who said I should have been there to take care of my son when when he was in need. Yeah. Well, Adam so, Rose did this this year. He worked he and Zack Ryder worked their own angle on Twitter to try yeah, and get matches that. and they actually yeah. got a series of matches, so it kind of worked. So, I he could be trying to use this again for another piece of exposure to try and get on TV because they're obviously not doing anything with him. Like I I don't even know if Adam Rose has been on the C shows lately. I'm going to check here, but um, I'd be fine. I, you know, they built the Adam Rose name up to the point where I don't know if they would change the name back to Leo Kruger or anything else, but I could very well see a change in attitude and a change in uh, presentation. Well, let's put it this way. It would help the Bray White character as a cult leader to actually convert someone into his cult. Yeah. <laughs> his, so His last match was July 21st on SmackDown, Adam Rose versus Neville. Uh, he did main event the week before with Zack Ryder, but this week he wasn't on TV, and all he did were the live shows working in tag teams with Brad Maddox. Yeah, Look, Neville, listen to these tag Neville's, teams. Yeah, Neville's getting the uh, the D level red shirts now. It's yeah, Bandango, Adam hey. Rose, Brad so, Maddox, and Zack Ryder. Good for can't him. Be far behind. Good for him. Yeah, because uh, li- listen to these tag team matches that people were treated to <laughs> on the SummerSlam Heat Wave tour this weekend. Curtis Axel and Damian Sandow versus Adam Rose and Brad Maddox. A main event in Reseda. So, of course, on that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Curtis Axel went by Curtis Axel. He can't do the Axelmania anymore. Right. All because of this Hulk Hogan stuff. Yeah, thanks while, a lot, Hogan. While Damian Sandow, however, however, still doing Macho Man. <laughs> Macho Mandow. 
So now it's just Curtis Axel and Macho Mandow. You probably yep. stop doing the Macho Mandow too if you want, you know, connotations to Hulk Hogan to go away. Like I know Randy Savage, you know, wasn't caught doing anything that we know of. That we know of, aside from drugs <laughs> and all this stuff that he admits to. Right. But he apologized on okay. Arsenio. I just saw the clip the other day. I watched oh, it again. You? I randomly, you know, stumble on YouTube. You're watching YouTube videos and then you forget to turn it off or switch to something else. So new video plays. And the video that played was Randy Savage on Arsenio. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. And 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, that was fun. Oddly enough, Hogan went on Arsenio and denied everything. Yes, he did. Hogan, yeah. stop denying things, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Close personal friend, Hulk Hogan. You need to stop denying things. Yeah, they uh, were in the L.A. area. I for, I just didn't really want to go see a house show. But, I mean, a couple, I mean, they were in Bakersfield Friday night, and some of them tried to drive into the valley to, to make the show in Reseda. Are you going <laughs> to pay the $165 or whatever it is to go sit general admission at BOLA? PWG uh, Battle of yeah, Los Angeles because front row tickets are probably going to be, you know, there'll probably be three that are available. Um, I'm yep. going to try and hit one of the shows. I, yeah. I don't think all, I think all three is going to be out of the question, but maybe, you know, that center show, I have a chance of getting tickets for best because everybody will want to see the opener. And everybody won't see the closing night. So that center night is kind of there. Yeah. Well, yeah. what if everybody has the same plan as you? And you have well, all that, these people trying to get the second night out of the three because they're like, oh, first and third might be busy. And now all of a sudden the second night's the busiest. Then I save some money and I'll buy the DVDs when they're cheap. It's <laughs> a good, it's a good plan. Good plan. Of course, the biggest injury coming out of raw was John Cena breaking his nose. Yes. From knee from Seth wow. Rollins when they wrestled for the U S title of all things, John Cena winning uh, clean with a broken nose beating Seth Rollins on this show, seemingly to set up John Cena challenging for the WWE championship at SummerSlam. Uh, And we haven't really talked about much that could happen after SummerSlam because I mean, God, the main event is against two part-timers. So it's not like that plays into many storylines after SummerSlam, like John Cena in theory could very well win the world title at SummerSlam and end the Seth Rollins reign and just leave it flat. But John Cena and Seth Rollins, John Cena suffering the broken nose. How is the main event to you? You know, <laughs> they harped so much on the broken nose that it kind of kind of distracted from the main event. But, you know, it was fun. I thought it. it I remember a couple of people were angry about it. It's like, what the heck was that? It's like, no, it's the story that they're telling. They, they need to make him the legitimate number one contender for the title. This is how you do it. He beats the champ in a nine t- non-title match. And then next week, it's a, another stipulation. Maybe Seth gets the win back or maybe they make. Cena even stronger for the match going in. It, it's it's fine. It, it's exactly what I thought it would be. Kudos to John Cena for, I mean, you know Cena's just a company guy, so he's, yeah. you know, I have a time cue to hit. I'm going to hit it. Let's not stop the match. I just need a second here to readjust myself, and we're going to keep going. Just channeling his inner Toru Yano. So proud of him. People always, uh, there are some people <laughs> out there for the last 10 years, really, that chastised John Cena for being a robot on television and on audio and, you know, WWE corporate pitch man. And you never see the real John Cena anywhere. Um, After this week with Hulk Hogan, like John Cena might be the smartest guy ever to be that corporate robot when he's on film or on audio. Like you don't want anything like this coming back at you 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Wait till he and Nikki break up. Oh no. (laughs) No, Nikki. I got tapes. Say it ain't so, Nikki. Don't no, do it. Know, John, I mean, Cena was in the added difficult position of he's in the main event that do, goes into the overrun, which is very time restrictive. I got, you know, I got six minutes after eight. I got to be out of there so that they can get out by 808 and go into suits or whatever the heck they're going to go into next. So, you know, this broken nose, if I were, you know, an hour one or hour two, we I could wait for commercial break. I could get a doctor in there. I could have him readjust it, and then I could go back in there and finish the match, and then go to a hospital afterwards. But no, I'm I'm out here at 7:59, and he just broke my nose with a knee. I gotta keep going here. I can't stop. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. He'll wrestle with it too. I have no doubt that he's not oh, yeah. gonna miss SummerSlam, or oh, yeah. that he. Yeah, I have no doubt that he will be there at SummerSlam. Might not wrestle on a couple of shows here coming up. But uh, we it adds shall to the story. See. It adds yeah. to the story 
great where he's just going to cut this promo like, yeah, Seth Rollins tried to take me out so I couldn't make the match. I, you tried I, to beat I, Hey, if they're smart, I beat him. But oh, yeah. now I have this disadvantage. I can't breathe. I might or, not have the power, the energy. Oh, you do that and you also add that, well, now it's personal. Yeah. Now you're trying to kill my livelihood here type of thing. You you get you get a little bit of anger in there from John Cena. And angry John Cena is always kind of interesting to me. Angry so. John Cena is good. We saw flashes of it in the Kevin Owens. We saw flashes of it in Rusev. We saw a lot of it against The Rock mm-hmm. in some of the best stuff that was a part of that program uh, completely was John Cena when he was a little bit angry at the crowd reactions to him versus The Rock and so forth. So yeah, if it does the angry John Cena, I'm all for it. I hey, am any, any, for it. Anything that they can build this up to be more of a fight and if you haven't, I don't know if you listen. Do you listen to MLW radio at all? I don't listen. Um, I just don't have the time for other right. podcasts. I'm sorry. The first, I mean, half hour, the first half hour of this week's MLW radio was fantastic, I thought, because it, it's Conan, Disco Inferno, and Court going over, over why the fight feel works more than today's professional wrestling and why kicks and punches matter. And, and just kind of it's an old school. If you're an old school fan, listen to that first half hour because it's really, really good. If WWE can take advantage of this and make it a fight feel, you're going to have a good main event and you're going to have a good co-main event build right there. And that's going to give you more pay-per-view buys. Was this MLW podcast something I could find on Reddit? Because because <laughs> I only click on things that are upvoted on Reddit. I, I'm sure I'm sure it's somewhere below your G1 videos somewhere. Somewhere Rob. below. Somewhere mm-hmm. below. Hey, perfect segue for me to plug. The Voices of Wrestling YouTube, youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. We have our Shake Them Ropes episodes up there. We have Shake Them Ropes video post shows where you can see Jeff and I recovering from the audio that was Shake Them Ropes. And uh, this month we have uh, the video recaps. If you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling daily recap videos of the G1. We got some questions, Jeff, from the Twitter folks. Oh, hold on. Let me let me let me plug your G one videos oh, here okay. a little bit. Go ahead, sure, Rob yeah. Has, let me let me let me The the multi upvoted on Reddit G one videos. <laughs> Thank you. Kissing the butt of the host. Uh look, Rob has put a lot of time in these G one videos in terms of too much actually time. adding adding graphics. Yep, too much time. And you know, talking to Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. and other people about the the ma- matches. So and for a guy like me who doesn't have a lot of time to watch all the G1 this year, because basically I'm filling my calendar with classic wrestling instead for some reason. But well, it's, it's also been a week and there's been six shows already. I mean, my yes. God. Yes. And Rob is working overtime on these things. Go watch them. Go sate his ego by upvoting him on Reddit. Uh, but they are really, really good. All all kidding aside. Oh, and and you. and they deserve a lot of love in there. Um, so, so please, he's working hard on these, uh, go help him out. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you, and, and, and will we have an injury report on Toru Yano? I need to know how that forehead is doing. Cause that um, gash was nasty. We had not only in the night four and five weekend edition, <laughs> we had video of the head injury and we had Toru Yano who two days later still wrestled with a swollen eye. And the there's man video is a, of that. Yeah, there's video the of man that is up right a hero. now. The man is a hero. Yeah, Shinsuke's out because of a stupid left arm injury. Well, Toriyano can't see, and he's still wrestling. Yeah, take and that. And winning. He's winning matches. He's beating the Bullet Club, people. Go watch Toru Yano. Where do you think they got the schoolboy as being an unbeatable finisher in the WWE? Toru Yano. Thank you. Toru Yano. Hey, I can't <laughs> deny it. Continue. I don't know the truth, but I can't deny it. Or I embarrass myself thoroughly even more. Anything else from WWE that we have to get into before we get to Twitter questions? Oh, you know what? Just a little bit of love here for uh, The Miz. Okay. Yeah, he's I thought The Miz was fantastic this week. Just, just, I mean, this is what he should have been all along. Quite frankly, is I'm so tough, even though he's not that phony tough crap. And talking about how he took, hey, I hope he comes out next week and goes, yeah, John Cena has a broken nose. I took an elbow from the top rope from the big show, and I kept going. You don't hear me whining. It's such a great little wrinkle in the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I thought he was really good on commentary, and he's helping getting a what should be a nothing feud over. So more more power to him. And the New Day, <laughs> I've, I've watched that 
I've watched a gif of of them coming down to distract <laughs> the tag team match about 800 times, and it never gets old. That was fantastic. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, the New Day uh, coming into their own, like, more than anyone ever thought they could. And 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 everybody else is a week late on Kofi's little clap thing, but that thing is fantastic. Even even those who were calling for them to be a heel team, I don't think predicted or thought or envisioned or whatever, Man. just how great they would be or how they could be. Some maybe because Kofi Kingston hadn't done it before, like he hadn't been this type of heel before, um, and you didn't know how Xavier Woods was going to be. But they are clicking right now. Oh yeah, and and I think I think the tag t- the tag match is going to be the four teams, and I think the Sheamus Orton uh, Owens, uh, who's the fourth one I'm missing? There? Oh Cesaro, Cesaro yeah. thing. I think that's going to be a four way because uh, I think I think next week they're going to do the the tag they're going to do the tag teams and Owens and Sheamus are again not going to get along, so it's going to be turned into a four way. I think it's a little telling that you forgot Cesaro there because for years. Oh, he was great. He was great in the run, and I just. Couldn't remember him right offhand because he's the yeah. last guy to come on down. Yeah, because he, according to WWE, is forgettable. Doesn't have the it factor. You don't talks remember funny. him. He talks like Becky Lynch. funny. Yeah. yeah, so we'll be. Uh, it's interesting to see what they're going to have him do at SummerSlam and if he's put in a big position on a big show, especially What's in it? New York where all the press is going to be there watching mm-hmm. intently what happens on WWE programming. Uh, but I put it out there uh, just briefly, just a few minutes ago, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone had any questions, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, you can get Jeff at Crap Game 13. Uh, you can ask questions each week on the show, and we might get to them. Today, we got a few questions that came in. Cody on Twitter says, Is there any worth left in Sting if he doesn't have another match or appearance until WrestleMania next year? Not for the current Raw product, but for the network, yes. The network. Well, if they're going to have him at WrestleMania next year, then I think there's worth in that. Yes. Um, I don't know if you can put him in an important match. I mean, no. it, it's not going to be The Undertaker. No, the only way you could have done that is if he had won at WrestleMania. Yeah. I put him in some type of storyline where a vigilante that he's pro- you know, proclaimed to be kind of makes sense, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, is there any worth into him? Yeah. You can use sting for these yeah. autograph signings. People you can that, hide him. Yeah. And you can, you know what, if they had done the plan of giving him partnering up with Roman reigns, that's a perfect way to use him. Well, you have all these fans from the late nineties and the early nineties who may not be fans anymore. If they hear right. sting is coming in for a ticket sale, maybe they're interested in buying tickets. Maybe they're interested in coming yeah. to the autograph session because NWO is now the new nostalgia. So that the Monday night wars is, mm-hmm is what the older, what now older fans are. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of, there's yeah. value in for him. I would say there's probably more value in him now than in the ring. So if that's how yes. they use him, then, you know, so be it. Make him the big ambassador that Hogan used to be. Yep. Uh, case low on Twitter asks if Dan Ugla was a wrestler, what would his finisher be? Uh, I would say his finisher would be the eye issue. <laughs> and that's why he can't hit anymore um cody also asks odds on john cena versus roman reigns at wrestlemania they're pretty good if you're not gonna put them in there with if you're not gonna put reigns in there with the lesnar again fantasy booking aside brock lesnar aside because i don't know if a roman reigns brock lesnar match is big enough right for brock lesnar again for a wrestlemania in dallas stadium um, I don't know if John Cena versus Roman Reigns is, but they got time with Roman Reigns here still. I, if you just had to pick two names, given all that we know about the past of WWE this year, given that John Cena is the biggest star, given that Roman Reigns is a guy they want to be a big star, like those would be the two names that you would jumble together. Mm-hmm. Like even if it didn't make sense at the time, if you had to pick two guys to be in the main event, like we're not talking. Okay, where can John Cena go? Who's the heel to go with him? If you're talking the two biggest names currently, it's John Cena, Roman Reigns. Right. And John Cena already has a built in unlike or fan base that doesn't like him. And they would probably. They'd probably gravitate to Roman Reigns in that matter. Yeah. Uh, Jared on Twitter asks, what do you think Samoa Joe's main roster potential is? Slim. Yeah, I don't think there's <laughs> any. I don't think there's any main roster potential anymore. I don't I don't think they're going to put him on there because of, you know, 
he has the does he have an act no i've seen kevin owens i think while kevin owens is up there they're not going to bring up another quote-unquote fat wrestler well that That's- and the fact especially if kevin owens is going to be looked down upon because he's you know, not losing more weight or whatever the case may be. But Samoa Joe is a guy that was signed specifically for NXT to be a part-timer. Then they saw how well his merchandise sold. So they signed him full-time to be down there in NXT. Like his merchandise will only get slower as far as the pace goes of how fast it sells. It's only going to cool down a little bit from the initial thing. So it's not like an overwhelming demand for Samoa Joe merch is going to be what gets him onto the main roster. And he'd um, already have a little bit of heat with the with the main roster office because of what he did to Tyson Kidd. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they fully blame him for that or not, but just the just the fact that he Doesn't was a part matter. of it. Yeah, yeah. Just the fact that he was a part of it that's always going to be in the back of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see Samoa Joe ever being on the main roster. I and mean, the guy is still taking indie bookings. The guy is going to be on Northeast wrestling's event on August 1st. He, I don't think he necessarily would want to. I mean, he may want to be a main roster guy, but I think he likes having the freedom of taking other bookings if he wants them. So I think the main roster, if he was going to be on raw tomorrow, he would probably do it because at the end of the day, if it fails, he can always go back to the Indies yeah. and then he has WWE's name behind him. If, um, if, if there were still split rosters, I'd see him as a SmackDown guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't I don't see him anytime soon. Like I, I just don't see a Samoa Joe having a big match on any WWE pay-per-view. You know, but, the only the only way I could see him is if they picked him to take the belt from Cena. Yeah, it would have to be a surprise because like I don't know if I would have thought this same thing for Kevin Owens either. Right. Especially this quickly. So maybe he heats up, but Samoa Joe has cooled off ever since the Kevin Owens angle mm-hmm. was just killed. And he's moved on to other things on NXT TV. So I don't know if Samoa Joe is hot enough now to move him up. Like Kevin Owens remained hot from the day he was in NXT to the day he got brought up. Right. Samoa and Joe, he was I, don't, on... I don't feel that buzz around Samoa Joe anymore. Well, well, there was such a gap between, I mean, there was no real gap with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It was, you know, comes out at, you know, that first show, two or three weeks in between there, the next big show he's in the main event wins the title. Boom. Instant star, instant yeah. credibility. Now it's we've had a couple of TV tapings where Samoa Joe hasn't been the crux of the of the show. He's kind of just another guy out there brought out. He's still at the top of the card at NXT, but he doesn't have the specialness anymore. So, you know, we got Finn Balor that we have to build as a legitimate champion right now. We can't build up Samoa Joe as a star, so that's going to be on the back burner for right now. Our final question, Tater Tots on Twitter says, uh, mm-hmm. he asks, would a strong suspension have been just as effective for Hogan, uh, considering the slur history of guys like Michael Hayes, Vince, Warrior, and so on? So he's advocating that, or asking at least, our opinion on whether a suspension would have been just as good as firing him, uh, firing him and removing his stuff from the website. And I don't think so. If you suspend the guy, okay, effectively that's kind of what they have done if they bring Hogan back later on. They've effectively suspended him if they bring him back later on. Uh, If they don't have any intentions on bringing him back until it cools down, then what does an indefinite suspension mean anyway? Well, not only... Especially if he's still on the website. Like, you can still say WWE Superstar Hulk Hogan. He's suspended, but he's still there. And and WWE doesn't want them to say that. Exactly, because then they get the heat from the mainstream media that's just all about riling up worry and stuff. How can you keep this racist employed? You just suspended and, him. That's not nearly enough. You have to do something And as alluded stronger. to exactly, alluded to in this question, too, and we talked about it a little bit uh, moments ago, Michael Hayes, Vince, yeah, they've all said sketchy things, but you know what hasn't happened for the most part? It never got out. Bond, it the it rest never got out in their words. You know, Mark Henry may say, oh, he said this to me and so on, but you didn't hear him say it. You don't have it on video. You don't have the audio. You don't have something to sink your teeth into. Correct. That's the difference. I mean, that's yeah, you why don't somebody have the connection. You it, don't have the smoking gun. This is the smoking gun. Yeah, it's a thing in real sports, too. Like, look at how much trouble the NFL has gone through in the last two years with whether it's domestic violence or other things like who gets the biggest, uh, you know, suspensions coming down on them is the people you can see video proof of what they did. Versus, you know, things that just happened that we've heard about. So when you can see it, when you can hear it, it's a much bigger deal. So, I I mean, in their mind, they only had one option. It was to fire the guy. They could always bring him back later on if this isn't a big issue anymore. Uh, But right now they want no part of him. And I can't say I blame him. Yeah, you make the sports corollary. And there's, of course, you know, people will go, well, what about the like the Riley Cooper issue where he was drunk at a concert and 
use the N word a few times and then had to go back to his team. Well, it wasn't an easy transition to go back to the team, but he's also a young and up and coming star. That's, you know, an integral part of the organization. He's a guy that the team would have fought behind and Hogan isn't really someone they want to fight behind. Right. Hogan, you know, you hate to say it, but in all aspects of entertainment, it's what have you done for me lately? And what can you produce for me now? And Hogan ain't that guy. So he's easily expendable. Match number 69 on the top 100 matches on WWE Network, a countdown created by WWE.com. We're going through all 100 of them. Today, we are on match number 69. It is Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio, or as referred to at the time, the Ultimate Dragon versus Rey Mysterio Jr. They went back and forth on this, didn't they? They did, yep. From uh, WCW World War Three. In 1996, the Three Ring Battle Royal headlined this show, as well as a bunch of other wacky matches. We'll get to some of that, but uh, overall impressions, did you watch this match back in 1996, and was there anything you remembered from it before going back to watch it on the network? Oh, I know it was in Norfolk, which was a uh, place Norfolk, I went yeah. to see, which I went to see a lot of shows at. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I liked the match when I saw it the first time. I, I I did I do believe I saw this live, or at least I saw it on Scramble Vision or on the internet live. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I pretty much have the same opinions of it that I, that I did then. It was a nice hot opener for a show, but you know, it was a couple of guys doing a lot. Of, it, it's it was good. It's it, it's good. It's it's pretty much it's indicative fun. of what I think of wrestling today, which is a lot of moves that don't really mean a whole lot. Yeah, it was, but it's action packed. There's there's a move in this match though that I just <laughs> I I like to watch Mark Curtis, yep. Brian Hildebrand as a referee. Oh yeah, just because I think I think as, as a guy who's watching the match himself and cringing at certain moves, he and I had the same reaction to one move in this match. And I don't know if you're going to get to it, so I'll bring no, it up. No, go now. ahead. What was, what was the move that drove Mark Curtis and Jeff Hawkins crazy Ooh. in this opener at World War III? Rey Mysterio is out on the floor, on the mat, lying flat. And Ultimo Dragon, from inside the ring, does a crossbody over the top rope, suicide dive, onto Rey Mysterio laying flat, not standing up. So you have the momentum of of catching him and then falling down. No, he's lying flat on the ground when Ultimo Dragon lands on top of him, mm-hmm. and that looked like it sucked. <laughs> didn't look pleasant. No, I would say it didn't look, you know, too fun for him. I would say, right? Um, but yeah, there were a lot of moves in this match. I mean, uh, Ultimo I Dragon. I love the finisher. The finisher was great, yep, but I mean, yep. we've well, seen, we've, you know, we've yeah, seen yeah. that. We've seen the Ultimo. Didn't did we? Is this a rematch that we've seen, or did, or did we see Ultimo? We, and we haven't Dean seen Malenko? this match. No, we haven't seen this match. Because we saw another one for the J Cup or the J Crown belt. Not in the one, Not in the top one hundred yet. No. What? We haven't. We did before. Hold on. For let me go J-Crown? back. Here, I got we saw WCW yeah. Cruiserweight title matches. We haven't seen anything for the J Crown yet. Okay. Well, he had the J Crown at the time of the Cruiserweight match. Though. I think so. I think it was Ultimo Dragon and yes. Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title, and That's, Dean won. Okay. Yeah, I yes. believe that. Because I, that made I it true. remember I listed off what the what the yes. eight or nine titles. Were. So, so okay. while this match took place, Dean Malenko was on the same show defending the cruiserweight championship because Dean Malenko mm-hmm. was the cruiserweight champion. Ultimo right. Dragon was the J Crown champion. Uh, you know, eight different belts included in here. Uh, NWA World Welterweight Championship, the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship of all things. You know, yep. a few other belts. Uh, you know, there were eight total. But Tony Schiavone mentioned that the WCW Cruiserweight title, which was still the lead belt for the Cruiserweights, was not on the line here. So this Correct. Was he, the, was, he was defending against uh, Psychosis, which yep. was a fun little match later. Uh, the commentary on this match was terrible. It was. Except for, except was for Tony, Tony Schiavone. Tony, Tony Schiavone. Schiavone was great. Tony Schiavone was calling this like a sport, and he was getting absolutely no help from. Dusty Rhodes and Bobby Heenan. Yes. And God, Ooh. was Dusty Rhodes not helpful. Woo. He was bad. And there's no other way to put it. And and Heenan checked out because Dusty was just trying to talk too much. Dusty was talking a lot and he was making a lot of no sense. And he was just saying words and he would start saying words and he didn't have anything, you know, substantive to say. So he would just make sounds. He would try to throw him over the, he would, he would try to 
Well, yeah. And uh, uh, Bobby, what do you think? <laughs> right. And then Bobby would be like, I can't believe I'm here. Now, Shivani was trying. I mean, Shivani yeah. yeah. had not yet gone into full on, we'll see the NWO in our number three mode, yep. which he, he did eventually. He was, this is still the Tony Shivani of old, yep. trying to work with, <laughs> trying to work with, you know, he, I, he, he still is deferential to Bobby Heenan because of Bobby Heenan's thing, but he's trying to work Dusty in there. And Dusty is just. He doesn't know cruiserweights. This is one of those ones where they used to bring out Mike Tanay to be the third man in the booth, and he would have helped a lot here, I think. Yeah. But it, not, was a good, it was a fun match. match it was a fun it, match. Um, it's utterly forgettable for me, for the most part, because it, it it's like every is. other cruiser. It's like every other cruiserweight match you see on the opening hour of Nitro week yeah. after week after week. Although Dragon's finisher here was pretty pretty cool i thought the uh yeah we'll we'll get there we'll get there um the first thing and this is the thing that i you know took away from this match after watching it because i i was not a wcw fan at this time i didn't start until 1997 so i i didn't watch this match live this is probably the second time i've ever watched this match because i've seen the whole world war three before um of of this year because that was one of the first pay-per-views i went back and watched yeah when the wwe network came out yeah i'm gonna go watch me some world war threes just a dreadful idea for a for a oh yeah world war i love the world war three battle royals but i love battle royals i just didn't love this uh this match began and the bell rings and mark curtis is there circling the ring with uh ultimo dragon and Rey mysterio Mm -hmm. and all of dragon's belts are still in the corner of the ring yeah and mark curtis is just looking at them like you know <laughs> one belt is fine we can wrestle around it these are eight belts that are spilling in the corner and someone might trip and get hurt mm-hmm. so they're circling around and mark curtis is circling around and every time he comes to the hard camera side he's like looking right at the hard camera and pointing to the belts like he's trying to get someone's attention backstage watching this <laughs> hey maybe you want to move these belts you jackasses who are too busy yeah. paying attention to the nwo storyline how about we get these belts out of the way and, and then, that's exactly what he was saying too. Oh yeah. And then finally someone comes up, some woman comes up and removes all the belts and she's got her hands full with all, you know, all these title championship belts and the match can finally get going. But like, that's the one thing I'm looking like Mark Curtis frustration growing already, like get these belts out of the way. We're trying to have a wrestling match here. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave this match four and a half stars. And I think that's adequate. Yeah. I don't, yeah, to me, it wasn't like I'm watching this and totally enthralled with it. Like it was good. Maybe it's because I've seen it before. I don't know. Uh, it looks like, well, it looks like almost every indie match you see now, yeah, like a lot of moves, a yeah. lot of moves. I, th- this is my favorite Ray in terms of the time period. Yeah, I love skinny w- athletic Ray, skinny athletic Ray, who's actually doing wrestling matches instead of like three or four different spots that he's working towards. You also had and, Ultimo dragon who was coming yeah. into WCW as a big deal, but WCW mm-hmm. never quite used him. you know, to the highest degree is a big deal, but you could tell he thought he was. Oh, I, and he was. Yeah. In the international scene, he in the was international the big scene, deal. Right. Yes, but in and WCW, like he's trying, no. he's coming. He, it kind of reminds me of Sin Cara when he came into WWE. Like this guy looks like he thinks he's the biggest deal here, but he's not, and no one's going to promote him that way. Ultimo Dragon. Like, yeah, it's actually a lot like when Ultimo Dragon went to WWF, and yeah, that's true. he wasn't yeah. a big deal either. So it's kind of weird how. That happens. But this finish, the finish to the match, go ahead and tell the people how Ultimo Dragon oh, defeated Rey Mysterio. Okay, I'm trying to remember that. I don't have this written down, but but I'm, I'm trying to think. It was it was the power bomb and then a deadlift up and then into a hot shot, right? It was So Rey Mysterio goes up to finish the match with his Hurricane Rana, which was the finisher, right. not the West Coast pop. It was a, you know, it was just called a Hurricane Rana. Yeah, he was a Hurricane Rana guy. Yep, he goes for the Hurricane Rana. Ultimo Dragon catches him. Lifts him up and does a slingshot power bomb, yeah, which looked great. Ultimo that, Dragon yeah, gets the one, two, three. Yeah. Sonny Ono, who was accompanying Ultimo Dragon to the ring, so happy. He had done the hot shot spot earlier. That's what it was. Yeah, he did the slingshot power bomb, which someone else in WWE is doing right now. I think it's is it it's either Baird or Cesaro have been doing slingshot power bombs. Uh, it could be. <laughs> I think I may have seen it from Cesaro. I can't. Okay. Imagine a time where Wade Barrett did it. Okay, but but I, that's a cool move. So he yeah, should keep- yeah, it is a cool move. Uh, Rey Mysterio, segueing into this, we talked about it briefly. We mentioned it on a past Shake Them Ropes episode, but mm-hmm. this is the week. Ooh. August 1st, Rey Mysterio is teaming up with Alberto Del Rio 
against the Young Bucks for <laughs> Northeast Wrestling on a show with Ric Flair appearing and Samoa Joe wrestling Donovan Dijak. Uh, one of these ballpark shows that are doing ballpark shows better than Jeff Jarrett could dream of. The Young Bucks going in there against Del Rio and Rey Mysterio. Is that a dream match for you, Jeff? No, but it'll be a fun match, I think. I think it'll be great. I mean, I think... <laughs> I think the Bucks are going to have a blast working with Rey Mysterio if Rey Mysterio can bring 50% of what he used to be. And I think they'll have and, a blast working with the Young Bucks. Yeah. And and and, and they always have fun. It'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a comedy match with a lot of super kicks. So you can't go wrong there. I love that Hurricane Rana he used to do. Yeah. When my first uh, the, the wrestling. Snap, the yeah. snap to it when he would, would grab the legs sick. afterwards. Yeah. It was sick. And the guys would go over so well for it. And all those cruiserweights that he was working with, you know, especially the luchadors, they all know how oh, to take the, it super well. The, the, the matches. Yeah. That first hour of Nitro, 90, late 95, 96 into early 97. Great with Ray and Ray and uh, well, Ray and everybody. But Ray and Dean Malenko had something special. There, but I mean, just any any combination. Ray and Cicosis, Ray and Laparca, yeah, Ray and Jericho, mm-hmm. Ray and Eddie, all great, all great stuff. Yeah, they they had a lot of good stuff, and I remember what playing or they're not watching, but playing the WCW NWO <laughs> Revenge video game was my first wrestling video game. Ooh. And Rey Mysterio had that Hurricane Rana, and I would always want to win with the Hurricane Rana, and you could do like a create a wrestler or di- put different move sets on wrestlers, and I would go give the Hurricane Rana to like the giant. So I thought it was the coolest thing watching the giant do this cruiserweight move. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who ever had had, had that. I got to do this one move before I ever get a pin on him. Oh, yeah. Like for, for me, it was Smackdown. Here comes the pain for the PlayStation 2. I'd always have to set up a table on the outside, put a guy on it, get a ladder inside the ring and put Rob Van Dam on to do a frog splash all the way down through the table. Sometimes you just want to get a move in. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like Austin Aries. You got to get your shit in. We'll be back. Uh, what's the next match on our countdown, Jeff? The next match is, give me a second here because I have it up in front of me. It is Greg Valentine versus Roddy Piper, which I believe is a dog collar match from NWA Starcade 1983. Starcade 1983. We keep going back and forth from the 80s and 90s. We've done that now uh, I'm like fine four with or that. five times. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we got Greg Valentine. Roddy Piper from NWA Starcade 1983. I Hope- this is their last match before Vince picks up raids the NWA for a few people. Hopefully so. it is better than what the second match on this uh, World War Three show was. Chris Jericho <laughs> versus Nick Patrick. <laughs> I was wondering if you this would show, watch that. This show was booked for Rob McCarron, basically. You have Nick Patrick, <laughs> a referee wrestling. You have Jeff Jarrett wrestling the giant. Love it. Yeah. You have Dean Malenko and Sikosis. You have the outsiders in the same ring as Mang. Oh, my God. He had the triple threat with the nasty boys in the faces of fear. But yeah, no, I watched, I did watch the Nick Patrick one arm tied behind his, uh, Jericho's back match and Nick Patrick sells pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, these WCW shows bringing oh. back the memories. Oh, Oof. so crowd liked the crowd, liked the Ray dragon match. They got into it, which, which, you know, they were still, it was WCW was still a wrestling territory at that time. They weren't a sports entertainment crowd. So good on them. Do you know who the new authority figure in TNA is? Did Bubba Ray Dudley or Bully Ray, as we call him? He was. He was the last authority figure of TNA. Mm -hmm. Do you know who the new authority figure of TNA is? Oh, I didn't read the spoilers too closely. Who is it? Jeff Jarrett. My favorite (laughs) wrestler of all time. Oh, the ship be sinking. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.